What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What is Twitter's new? Instagram's new? I don't, I can't keep up. Roll it. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. What is up, podcast people? Just looking at Twitter and Twitter's now got something called Fleet, which I don't know what that is. It looks like stories from Instagram. Everyone's just copying everybody else. Instagram was like, you know what? We like what TikTok's doing, so we're going to do reels. Everyone's got these kitschy little names for things. It's getting too complicated. I don't even know. I just did did a fleet. Is that what we call it? There's a tweet and there's a fleet? There's a fleet of tweets on Twitter. All right. I just did one. I don't even know if I did it right. I sound like my mother. She's like, "I, I don't even know how to play the Nintendo. It's called Nintendo, Mom. How old are you? But now that's what I sound like. I think I just put out a fleet. I don't know if I did it right, though. And then Instagram now just looks like uh, Etsy. And listen, I'll be the first to admit that I've made some money off of Instagram. But now there's like the marketplace. And I don't know, guys. Can we just go back to a simpler time when we were all just trying to get over 11 likes? Remember those days? Where you'd take down an Instagram post because 11 people didn't like it. So you couldn't go from like the names of the people that liked it to 12 people liked it. (laughs) I'm going to send out a fleet later and then have a nip of scotch. If you go to the Vons, can you pick me up some Preparation H, some Adult Depends, and some Mylanta? I'm too busy putting out fleets. Pumped for the show today, though, guys. But not as pumped as... My fiance, Sarah, when she found out that I was doing this, she was like, wait, what? I actually almost got her to host it. No joke. I almost got her to come and do this show because she was so excited. I was like, why don't you do the interview? And she's like, no way. I don't know how to interview people. What are you talking about? You know how to talk to people, don't you? All right, let's go talk. But seriously, I think a lot of you guys are going to be super pumped about today's guest, whose first TV role was on The X-Files. 
the truth is out there, Mulder and Scully. She voiced Snow White in Shrek the Third. Stop it. She released her first solo album back in 2013, back at a simpler time when there were no fleets. Oh, she was on a little show called Smash. What? Was she on Broadway in Wicked? Uh, yeah, she was. She was Glinda, okay? No big deal. Has she been on TV shows like Bones, The Closer, Desperate Housewives, Ugly Betty? Uh, yeah. I'm telling you guys, this is an episode that's going to blow your mind. Oh, and by the way, she's got a new show out called Trollstopia, which is going to be available on NBC, Peacock, and Hulu coming up Thursday, November 19th. All right, boys and girls. Ladies and gents, buckle in, send out all the fleets you can, throw up a reels, do a TikTok dance, because on the Wells cast today, we have none other than Megan Hilty. This one, dude, you do not want to miss. Seriously, I promise you. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC Plus. All right, welcome back to the Wells Cast. Very excited about today's episode. But I have to be honest with you, my fiance was actually more excited about this uh, episode than me because she is a huge Broadway fan. Uh, welcome to the Wells Cast. Megan Hilty, how are you? Hey. 
how's it going? It's going good. Yeah? Yeah. You know, there's a, hold on. <laughs> Here's the thing. Silver lining. It's like the glass half full of this bitch. Apparently, there's a vaccine somewhere out there. I know. There. There's two, right? So two there's Pfizer and Moderna. Am I saying that? I don't know. Sure. I may have completely said that incorrectly. But yes, there's there's a glimmer of hope on yeah. the horizon. Yes. Exactly. So it can't <laughs> be all bad. I'm so excited to have you on the show. But like I was saying, my fiance, when she heard that I was doing this interview, she was like, shut up. You are not, <laughs> you are not having Megan Oh, I'm so excited show. to totally disappoint her. This is fantastic. <laughs> I, we, She'll be like, oh, that was so boring. Oh, she's the worst. <laughs> I was this close, this close to getting her to do the show for me because she was so pumped about it. I was like, you go do it, do it. And she was like, no, I don't know. I don't. Oh, I'm not good so at interviewing. Fun. I know. Oh, man, that just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. We could talk Smash. We could talk Snow White. We could talk Wicked. But I think what we need to start with is Trollstopia. Trollstopia. I know. It's so fun. <laughs> so it's, it's coming out very soon. So NBC, Peacock, and Hulu are going to be hosting Trollstopia. So just tell me and everyone out there what this is. For all of the people who saw Trolls World Tour, the film that came out this past summer, I believe, it basically takes that theme and runs with it. It acknowledges that the pop trolls find out that there are more music genres out there. And so they call for the ambassadors of each music tribe to come and live with them and create this Utopia, hence the title Trollstopia. And I play Holly Darlin, who is the ambassador of the country western tribe. She is delightful. I sing all the time. This genius Alana D uh, wrote all of the music, and there is like nonstop, like super catchy, really wonderful. Like every time we record these songs, we're all so happy that we have these songs stuck in our heads for the rest of the week. But yeah, and that's it. It's it's a bunch of people from different parts of the their little troll world, and they're coming together and making something beautiful. I've often said that if I could ever, like a dream job for me would be to do some sort of cartoon animation because you get to do a TV show. You get to do all the fun things that a TV show or a movie like that brings you, but you don't have to get into hair and makeup ever. <laughs> yes. Although if you're me, I always get into hair and makeup. The the uh, the thing is that you have to remember is that with animation, most of the time they're filming you in the booth to give to the animators so that they can, they have an idea how to give the, like what gestures to give the character and, and how their face would move when they're saying these things. Um, so, so somebody is watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is a dream job. It's something that um, about 12 years ago, I really made a, a real active pursuit of, I really wanted to be in the voiceover world, animation specifically. And um, and about four years ago, it started really paying off. It's a tough industry to get into, but once you do it, then people start trusting you and it's just awesome. So much fun. I have a soundbite from the show that I wanted to play for everyone out there. Is that okay? Sure, yeah. What is your character's name again? Holly Darlin. Holly Darlin. She's, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. 
Dagnabbit, that's Harley Darling. We just love her. <laughs> Bless her heart. Here she is on Trollstopia. Ain't nothing like glitter raining down from up above. Nothing quite like glitter to level the party up. Now we gonna shine like diamonds bright and sparkling in the sun. There's more than I have ever seen and more where that came from. There's glitter for everyone, so let's get our party on and shut up. Shine bright all through the night, we'll light up the atmosphere. Just twinkling like chandeliers, we'll shut up. Shine bright all through the night, yeah. Okay, I love that uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. One, it's so ridiculous that it's amazing. Two, I lived in Nashville for 12 years and did radio in Nashville. So I was surrounded by honky tonks and music row. And half of my friends there are either writers or performers and stuff. So I guess my question to you is because you were a Broadway lady. Was it hard to like kind of pivot from, uh, I guess, I don't know, classic classical singing and i know you have a background in opera to like you know singing some country tunes some country well it's really bizarre um i am from seattle washington it doesn't get much farther north unless you're going to like alaska yeah. or like to like canada but people constantly assume that i am from texas like very specifically from <laughs> dallas i don't know what it is um but they just think I'm from there, like me as a person. And I have been cast to play country singers a lot. Um, and so when the audition came up for this, it was like, oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's right in my wheelhouse, even though I'm a Seattle girl. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love I love playing these amazing, dynamic Southern women and singing uh, in that genre. I just I I think it's really fun. Yeah, it's got to be kind of like a, a pleasant departure from what, like, I guess you're generally used to. Um, I am, you know, you were cast for this specific role, but was there another troll that's doing a different genre that you were like, man, that would have been fun to do? Oh, um, well, it's kind of funny because uh, even though I play Holly, darling, I, um, I voice a lot of the other like incidental trolls, yeah. like in the groups and stuff like that. So it's really fun because... Uh, I get to play a, a lot of different genres. You know, they're like, okay, so what What would a rocker troll, you know, say? And like, it, it, so I get to like, I get to pretend like I'm all the different types of trolls in um, in all of these different scenes. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe the, the rock stuff. I just, or cl maybe classical. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's all fun. Are all musical genres represented here or is there going to be like a strongly worded letter from like the amalgamation of polka enthusiasts for not being included in uh, Trollstopia? Oh, you know what? I didn't think of the polka in enthusiasts. They they might take issue with this. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe there's something that maybe I'm just not remembering correctly. Maybe there is something in there, you know, that that gives a nod to the polka community um, that I'm just unaware of. But yeah, that's an interesting issue you bring up. Yeah, yeah. and there's always season two. And if you had asked me this morning <laughs> if I was going to work in the amalgamation of polka enthusiasts into one of my shows, I would have said, I'm also stoned. So that is amazing <laughs> that we were able to work that in there. I, you know, I remember the movie, 
Love the movie. Am I right to say that Timberlake had like some hand in some of the music in the movie? Oh yeah, I think I I mean both of them, right? Like in the um the first Trolls movie and Trolls Tope or not Trollstopia, Trolls World Tour, I believe he he did a lot of the music. He may have even overseen the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. But there's a lot of really great stuff in that movie. Well, what I remember loving about the movie was it's similar to like a lot of those like, you know, Pixar, DreamWorks and, and that kind of stuff where it's it's for young people, but like adults still can like totally get down with it and and appreciate it. Is that kind of what this is? Absolutely. It's so especially like. Oh gosh, there's so many episodes that I just remember. I we had so much fun recording in the studio. We were just laughing so hard. A lot of uh, before everything shut down, I was lucky enough to um, record with Amanda for several sessions. Who does Poppy? And um, and um, gosh, I don't know. Every everybody on the creative team, like we just have a really really fun time, and we just always keep saying, "How great is it that not only will kids." like this, like for sure, my kids are obsessed with it. They've seen several episodes and they're like, they can't get enough. Um, and, uh, but the parents, this is one of those special uh, cartoons that the parents are really going to enjoy too. And even if you don't have kids, you're going to enjoy it as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the idea of, I don't have kids, but at some point my kids are going to see like, the stuff that I've done on television and they're going to be so embarrassed by their father. Like, do, <laughs> do your kids have un, an understanding that that's you? Yes. Uh, so my daughter's six and, um, she, I, I do several other animated projects too. And, uh, and she always gets a kick out of like, she knows which ones I am. And then when I pop up as different characters, she'd be like, is that you too? Yeah. And we've kind of taught her to listen. She's very aware that they're people voicing these characters mm -hmm. and that they do several different shows. And so we're always like, does that sound familiar to you? Like, do, and she's really good at placing people. She's like, oh yeah, that's the same voice as Donkey in Shrek or something, you know, like she'll, she doesn't know the actor's names, but she knows that it's the same voice doing those characters. It's yeah, really cool. That's really funny. Very excited for Trollstopia, NBC, Peacock, and Hulu, November 19th. Is there anything that you want to talk about the show that I didn't even ask you about? We covered that it's fun. Yep. We covered that you're definitely going to want to watch it. Yep. And that the music is really fun. I think that's it. And that you're pissing off a lot of polka enthusiasts, unfortunately. I mean, not. I don't know that for certain. I don't <laughs> know for sure. There might be something that, I, that I'm unaware of, but it is a possibility. All right. Well, everyone, make sure you uh, you go watch Trollstopia, NBC Peacock, and Hulu November 19th. What, what were you going to say? No, that was it. Oh, okay. I that was it. Like, Wait, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to take a quick break, and I don't know if anyone told you, but the idea for this show is origin stories, and I like to find out how successful people became so successful. And so when we come back, are you down for uh, hanging out with me a little bit and telling me your story and how the hell you got on this show on this day today? Sure. I mean, do you have a minute? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. All right. Quick break. When we come back, it's Megan Hilty right here on The Wells Cast. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. 
in just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian Cocktail Maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. All right, we're back on the Wells cast. Very excited to have Megan Hilty on the show. The new animated show is called Trollstopia, and it's on NBC, Peacock, and Hulu. Uh, it starts November 19th. Fun for all ages, and you get to bring the Southern twang to the show, which has got to be so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. No, I, I'm every time I get to play a southern a sassy southern lady, I'm I'm all in. I'm so excited to talk to you about your career. We were going through it in the, the kind of the pre-show meeting, and your resume is ridiculous. Like just like pre-18 <laughs> years old, your resume was more robust. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Is it kind of all over the place? <laughs> it is, but I also think that, you know, like a lot of this show is like, what's the blueprint for success? That's the idea, right? Like, how do you get to be Megan Hilty? And I think a common denominator that we found is that a lot of really successful people kind of have a lot of irons in the fire. They're really good at a lot of things because you never know what's going to hit. You know, you never know what's going to work. I imagine that when you started out, you weren't like, I'm going into animation and I'm going to be doing a Southern troll <laughs> and it's going to be a country star, even though I'm from Seattle. You know, like it's so far removed from what you probably set out to do. And I think that that's a really good thing for a lot of the listeners out there to remember is, is that like, you got to try a lot of things before you realize what hits, you know? 
So let's go to the beginning. You mentioned that you were from the Pacific Northwest. Did you grow up in Seattle? Yes. Yeah, just outside in Bellevue. Yeah. Were you from like an entertainer's family, a musical family? How did it start? Not at all. My my dad was an engineer and in sales, and my mom uh, is an incredible businesswoman. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, but not not a musical family, uh, but super supportive. My mom was always of the mindset that uh, no matter what me and my sisters wanted to do, she was going to support us no matter what. And um, as long as we had a passion and a drive for it, then she was, she was all in from an early age. I was just singing all the time. And it was something that I clearly like, I knew that I wanted to be a part of the arts in some way. I didn't know in what capacity. And once I started taking voice lessons, my voice teacher took me down the path of classical music and very specifically, uh, opera. I would do all kinds of, um, uh, uh, uh competitions. And, um, I went to an opera camp with the San Francisco opera, which is, which tells you a lot about how many friends I had growing up. <laughs> and that's kind of where I thought my life was going to go. I, I thought I was going to be an opera singer. And and it, it wasn't until I went to that opera camp. I shouldn't call it an opera camp. They get really upset when I call it. It's an apprenticeship program that the San Francisco, it's very prestigious and I'm very grateful for it, but it's an opera camp. <laughs> I mean, like, like we we came from all over the place. And like, anyway, I found out that we weren't going to like work until we were in our mid thirties because that's when a, a woman's voice really matures. And I was like, I was like 16 years old going, huh? Ooh, that, I, that doesn't, I, I can't wait that long. And so I started, I went into musical theater instead. Um. Bold move <laughs> on the camp counselors, by the way, to be like, hey, welcome to opera camp where you won't get to do this thing for another 15 years. So buckle know, in right? yeah. to waiting It was tables. really the opera stars that were coming and talking to us, like giving us like the, the lowdown and the real deal. And it was like, oh, oh, I I don't know if this is the life that I really want. I have a deep respect for it, but I, it just didn't, it was, it became very clear that that wasn't the the life that I was going to, to lead. I remember when I was in a, uh, I was in a class, it was some sort of like media training class in college because I was a I was a, a journalism major I was a broadcast journalism major and I remember I was doing TV and I was doing radio at the time um and I remember someone came in and they were like okay so right out of college if you go work for like a news station um you'll make like twenty four thousand uh, dollars and like right out of college for a radio station you'll make like thirty thousand dollars and I was like radio it's that six thousand bucks I gotta yeah. do that <laughs> First of all, hold on, opera camp. Do you sing at opera camp or is it like a bunch of panels of opera singers? Oh yeah. No, it's a it's it's it was a whole lot of stuff. Every day we started out with a ballet class and we had all these like workshops and seminars. We had a lot of like opera singers come and speak to us. And at the end we had this big performance that we were leading up to. So we had rehearsals and stuff like that. It was a it was a big deal. Like it was I it, they, I, I really should stop calling it opera camp. It just makes <laughs> it just makes me giggle to to think of it that way. Um, uh, yeah, I, and so it was a lot. It was really intense, and I really loved it. But it really kind of showed me that it's, this is probably not not for me. Okay, so you, so you get back from quote unquote opera camp, um, and then so that so then what are you doing? You're like, okay, so no, I want to focus more on like the theatrical side than rather the singing or. What happened? Yeah, I um I was going to a performing arts high school and 
found out that wasn't going to be accredited by the time I graduated. So I quickly like did like an independent study and graduated early. And my mom was really supportive of the gap year, you know, like taking time off between high school and, and, uh, and college. And so I took, I took two years off and I moved from Seattle to Southern Oregon to do theater. I did community theater. I did, I did dinner theater and every terrible job you can imagine during the day to support my theater habit. And I kind of was kind of doing it to see if that's really what I wanted to do. I was kind of trying to prove it to myself before I went and dedicated four years of my life to a conservatory program and potentially went into hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt in student loans. <laughs> I wanted to be really sure that that's what I wanted to do. And uh, and and after that, I was like, yeah, look, turn, turns out that's what I want to do. So what were you? Were you a waitress? Were you a bartender? What were you doing during that time? Oh, I, um, I was I worked a bunch of different retail jobs. I also uh, like took care of people's houses. I was a um, uh, why can't I think of the name? Uh, a hostess yeah. <laughs> in um, in a restaurant. And I was trying desperately to like work up to server. I was a really <laughs> I was an amazing hostess. I sat everybody really evenly. I kept everybody really happy. I was a terrible server. I was a terrible, terrible, terrible server. Uh, but I wanted it so bad because um, I wanted to make more money anyway. Um, so I do all that during the day and then I do my shows at night. Um, and yeah, until I, I went to school, I ended up going to Carnegie Mellon University in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that's obviously like a very well-known school for drama, right? Like it's, it's like mm -hmm. a big deal. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You can. I mean, yeah, it's a really big. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you you take two years off and you're like hustling like crazy on the side, and then you get in. Are you so pumped, or are you a little terrified because of like the being in debt and all that kind of stuff? No, I mean, um, uh, no, I I actually auditioned for it. A year after I moved down to Southern Oregon. Okay. So the first year I auditioned and I got in and I kind of thought to myself, I'm not done with doing this. So I deferred for a year and they let me do it. I, I was like, I I have these really cool roles that I want to do at this dinner theater and <laughs> stuff like that. And I, I really wanted that time to like live by myself and like support myself and figure out all that stuff. And I'm really glad that I did it because by the time I got to CMU, I was fully capable of taking care of myself. I'd lived on my own for two years. I was not doing that typical freshman thing where I was trying to figure out how to feed myself and do my laundry and go to classes. No, I was there to like, I was there to work. I was not messing around. I was, um, I, I, I was fully capable of taking care of all of the other things. So I'm really glad that I did it. Okay, so you get there, are your parents so proud of you or are they like i can't believe she's still doing this whole thing like we, well, we thought she <laughs> they were really proud of me yeah. they're really supportive um they they were like the perfect parents for somebody who wanted to go into the arts because they weren't pushy at all they were never like here's you know driving me to auditions and like prepping me for things and getting in my face about stuff but they were totally cool with whatever i was doing i'd figured out how to get scholarships to help me pay for this program that was 
crazy expensive. So they were really happy that I'd figured <laughs> a lot of that out. Yeah, no, they were super, they, they were always really supportive and really happy for me. You're definitely an outlier when it comes to actors who have been on this show. For the most part, a lot of actors don't go to school. They don't go to college. They like either go straight to New York or straight to LA and then they just right. like, you know, hustle like crazy until they get their big break. But you did... I guess like the traditional thing where you went and got a bachelor's degree in theater. Yeah. And ultimately, like, yes, I was I was in it for the training, I, I, which is really why I did not want to be in New York or Los Angeles. I didn't want to be like tempted to or distracted by anything. I was in Pittsburgh. Like there, I wasn't doing anything else. Um, and uh, I, I, I really wanted to like focus on on the training and really the the other major component to that is the showcase that uh, Carnegie Mellon has at the end of those four years. There's a huge, it's basically like a huge audition for agents, casting directors, managers, like anybody that's looking for new talent um, to come to. It's a very, CMU has a really respected showcase. There are tons of showcases to go to. So I was really, one of the reasons why I wanted to go to CMU was because they were able to open all of those doors for me at the end of those four years, in addition to the training. And it uh, like, that's exactly what happened. So you received CMU's Charles Willard Award for undergraduate excellence in musical theater. And oh my gosh, you did a deep dive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess you have this showcase at the end of your fourth year. Is that how you landed Wicked? Basically, in a very dramatic and roundabout way. <laughs> I mean, how much time do we have? I, it, I'll try to keep it short. But I, um, they basically called me in for a totally different show. Um, Little Shop of Horrors was about to go out on the road and they knew I was still in school. This was about two months before I graduated and they kind of put me through the ringer for that. I ended up getting it. Um, and then the job fell through. Like I got my first agents because of this other job to negotiate this contract. And then it fell apart for the reasons that happen in this business all the time. You know, um, it was devastating. And I think the the casting directors felt really bad for me. So they were like, hey, we're doing this Kristen Chenoweth replacement audition for this the show Wicked. It just opened last October. You know, will you come back to New York and, and audition for it? I was still in school. And I was like, yeah, I've been hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I ended up going. And I think because they knew I was still in school, I was at the like final, final, final callback. It was me and the person who took over for Kristen and a couple other people that did not get it. And um, I, and I was I went there for the entire creative team. I had no idea they were going to be in there. I was it was so. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't. I would have panicked. Um, but yeah, and I ended up going into Wicked and spending four and a half years in uh, the New York and L.A. and a little bit of the touring company too. And that story, I think, is a good one to remember because you book Little Shop, which I love that. Love oh, that musical. so good. Like, it's a perfect show. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a bit older. If you love musical theater, you've probably seen it. And then Wicked comes along, which is like the biggest freaking thing oh on Broadway. Yeah. And so you don't get the thing that you think that you want, but then you end up getting the thing that like you really, really wanted, but you didn't know you wanted, right? Yeah. And that's how the casting director remembers it too. He remembers it, that I just got these two offers at the yeah. same time and I chose one and I was like, no, <laughs> no, 
it was a it was a lot more dramatic than that. <laughs> but, yeah, the 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 highs and the lows of this career are just staggering. I mean, I am constantly thinking to myself, like, what? Why? Why do I do this to myself? Like, but then I don't know what else I would do. Honestly, like, I I don't know. Well, you seem to be doing pretty good. Um, okay, so hold on. I also want to know, like, were there other people in your class? Are you, like, the badass that came out of your class? Like, you can be no, honest about it. No, 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 And first of all, the class that I was supposed to be in was with, like, Josh Gad and oh, really? Leslie Odom Jr. And, you know, like, that was – and they were all my friends in school anyway. It's not like there was a big separation of classes. Um uh, and Rory O'Malley, you know, like they, these are all like they're all just the people that I there's a lot of badasses that that came out of, of um, CMU at that time. I am low on the totem pole. All right. I just like the idea of like a bunch of people like that. Megan Hilty really thinks that she <laughs> is the bee's knees. Who does she think she is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You land wicked. You do that for how long? Four and a half years. I did it uh, on Broadway for a year, two years, two years, and two years in LA. And then six months on the road, they were nice enough to let me and my friend do the Pacific Northwest because they knew that's where we were from. So, um, so yeah, and it was a long time. Yeah. Oh, that's a great run. So then what happens next? The director, Joe Mantello, was doing a new show, um, and he asked me to be a part of the, um, the workshops while I was doing... Wicked, he was doing nine to five, the musical. And so he asked uh, if I would play the Dolly Parton role, uh, Dora Lee. And I just kept doing these workshops like that. They ju I just kept hanging on. I guess I didn't like make anybody mad or anything <laughs> or something. Um, I didn't, I ended up not getting replaced along the way and then ended up doing that um, out of town in LA and then opening on Broadway for a for a short stint and when that was over i came running back to los angeles because i just love it here so much so do you channel some dolly into this trollstopia role oh sure yeah. yeah oh absolutely her southern charm her positivity her energy sure she's i mean if you listen to her that's not dolly parton at all but yeah i'm always trying to we should all be trying to channel dolly yes. at all times the world would be a better place if we all did that I mean, she's an icon in the world but for someone like me who lived and worked in the music industry in nashville she is like there's god and then like right below god it's dolly parton right 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 i mean she is the economy in the smoky yeah. mountains right oh, yeah. i mean she's and she's literacy in Tennessee you know yeah. she's like she, with her uh, teaching kids to read with her free book program I mean like she's there are so many different levels to her uh to why she is just the greatest I was talking about her this morning with somebody yeah she's she is everything wonderful that that everybody's ever heard there it's all true it's all and if true. you've heard anything else that's not true <laughs> but she's she's just the greatest there is Okay, so then after nine to five, what happens? We closed abruptly and um, very sadly. It was a very sad um, and confusing time because we we were playing to like sold out crowds and stuff, and all of a sudden we were we got our closing notice. You know, and it was it was really confusing, and I was really sad and burnt out on Broadway and stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna go back. I may never work again, but I'm gonna go back to LA. 
and I am going to try to bust into the television world and the animation world because that the animation in particular was something that I'd always wanted since I was a kid. And I knew you had to really, at that time, you had to be out here and meeting people to, to get into it. So um, I was like, I'm going to put, I'm going all in, in these two areas. And, um, and I, and I did it. Um, the first voiceover, uh, like animated job I did was, uh, the Tinkerbell series, uh, for Disney. And I played Rosetta, um, for many of the movies and television, uh, programs. And then, uh, started getting my feet wet in the television world until Smash came along. Okay. How dare you gloss over your uncredited role in the X-Files? I wasn't in the X-Files. So it's on my IMDb and I can't take it off. I'm not in it. It's not me. I don't know why it's still no. there. Like we've had so many campaigns to like to IMDb to take that off. I'm not in the X-Files. That's just, why I never talk about it. Cause it's not, I don't know what that is. Okay, first of all, if just roll with it now. I mean, if you can't right, change maybe it. I should just pick something and say, oh, yeah, yeah. that was a crazy time. Yeah, I was, I was Mulder's <laughs> love interest in season yeah. four, episode nine. And Me and Jillian Anderson got in a really big fight on set. It was a really yeah. big thing <laughs> just to start some rumors. Oh, yeah. Sc Scull <laughs> Scully got into yeah. it because she wanted Mulder. And then yeah. there was a ghost. And I think I would have <laughs> been the the date that. They say that I was on it. I think I would have been like twelve or something like that. I, like, I'm was right. nowhere close to. I gotta be honest with you. The only reason why I accepted doing this interview is because I wanted to talk to you about the X Files and now find this. Oh, out, it's so over. it's over. So, yeah, is we're out of here. We're we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done here. Um, okay, so you did a bunch of like guest appearances and stuff before Smash came out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So was it just a lot Thank of goodness, yeah. was it a lot of like forward momentum, positive momentum leading up to that, or was it kind of the typical LA feast or famine type of a deal? It Smash kind of came at a at a real tough time because uh, I was uh, I was doing really well getting the guest stars and the little recurring things and stuff like that. Um, and I gosh, I got that script and I was like, this is crazy. This is like my world on television. You know, like this is this seems way. Too good to be true. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I So, yeah, I I had been doing well, but, like, not well enough to, I don't know. I, I, I would have loved to have been at a better place um, yeah. at that point. But thank goodness Smash came along, and that was dramatic, too. It's all dramatic. Nothing, nothing ever comes easily or without any issues, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and but that was no different. You guys make make your money on being dramatic, so of course it's it's yeah. it, you know it sur surrounds you for better or for yeah. worse. I guess just touch on what Smash meant to you, what you think it meant to like the fans, and your disappointment of it not lasting as long as I think a lot of people thought it was going to. Right. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. And it was one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. I mean, I got to do everything that I've ever wanted to do in one job. And I got to play this really dynamic, complicated person. I got to sing this incredible music all the time. I mean, and now people think I'm a dancer, which I am not because Josh Burgoss is so great at his job at choreographing. It, he made it <laughs> look like I knew what I was doing. Um, yeah, and I loved everybody that I was working with. I mean, it was like every amazing thing. 
what were your other questions? Your questions were like the disappointment of it not lasting, I guess. I don't really, I don't really look at it that way. I, I know that, um, there is so much that has to happen. Like there's so much magic that has to happen in order for a show to get picked up for you not to be recast to, you know, it's, to continue to get a second season. I mean, there's so many things that are way beyond my control, way beyond my pay grade. Um, and the way I look at it is I'm just so grateful to be a part of a show that got two full, like long seasons. And we brought a little piece of Broadway into people's homes every week. Like, even if some of the storylines weren't like things that would actually happen on Broadway, the musical numbers certainly were, and they were filled with Broadway dancers, not people like pretending to be Broadway dancers. Like I am, I still am approached by strangers saying, Hey, I did not like musical theater until I watched smash and it completely introduced me to this whole new world. So, um, so I'm just really proud to be a part of something like that. You know how they have, they'll say like, uh, they're really a musician's musician. Musicians like his music or her music. That's how, right. that's how good of a musician Elliot Smith was a musician, musician. Everyone loved him, you know, even though he never really made it, whatever. And I feel like it's, it's a little bit of that. I know a lot of actors and a lot of musical theater junkies who are like, that show was the musician, musician. Like they were obsessed with that show. Yeah, no, I, I again, like I, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so happy to be a part of that yeah. because I agree. Like I think, um, and it was, it was kind of uh, disappointing to hear some of the backlash of people going like, well, that would never happen. And this would, and then I just be like, guys, we're not doing a reality show. Yeah. We're doing a drama, you know? And I doubt, I doubt like doctors like flock to Twitter going, that would never happen. The things that happen on Chicago and yeah. uh, like MD or PD or firehouse or whatever, like that would never happen. It's like, well, no, it, we're, <laughs> there, this is not a documentary. Yeah. Like it's, uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm from Monterey and I'm not mad at Reese Witherspoon for improperly <laughs> depicting rich housewives and killing their husbands. Cause that never happens in Monterey. Never happens. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But it could. And if it did, it would look amazing. Uh, definitely. And my mom would definitely be involved somehow, but definitely. not wouldn't be the murderer, but she would definitely mm -hmm. know. She'd definitely what... go to that like coffee place like that. Oh she would yeah. Frequent that place. Yeah. She owns that place. After smash, what happens next? You've put out solo records. Oh Yeah. Yeah, those happened. I moved out to LA because I was doing a sitcom with Sean Hayes, who is a delight. He um, was a recurring guest star on on Smash, and we I did all. Of, I got to work with the greatest, like all the really awesome guest stars. It was great, um, and he was one of them. We had such a great time. And then uh, after Smash ended, they were like, "Will you come audition for this for this sitcom?" And I ended up getting it. I moved out to LA with my then boyfriend. Now he's my husband. We got married on one of our hiatuses. Like we've, <laughs> we found out that, uh, not found out. We, we just kind of had this discussion. Like we were like, this is kind of silly that we're boyfriend and girlfriend. We should probably be married. And then we were talking about like, what if nothing, this was not romantic at yeah. all. And, um, and then we're like, well, we, we don't really want a big wedding. You know, we don't, 
want to, so we were like, well, let's just go to Vegas. We've got a hiatus next week. Let's go. Let's go then. So we ended up going to Vegas and then, yeah. And now seven years later, here we are. Okay. So I want to just, this is more selfish because I, me and my fiance were supposed to get married this year, but then COVID. Oh, um, so I'm we're, sorry. That's okay. I mean, it is what it is. But we've been talking about, it, let's just go to Vegas and let's just do this. So I want to know. First of all, Brian's also like a Broadway guy, right? Uh -huh, and yeah. and you guys met like a yoga class at a or bar. Something? Oh, at well, a bar? I mean, yeah, we shook hands at a at a like a gym. Okay, that a lot of Broadway people went to, and and it was on my birthday. And then that weekend, that gym was having a party at a bar in Midtown, and he asked one of my friends. He was like, "Hey, it, what's her deal?" And he she was like, "Oh yeah, go sit down next to her." Yeah. Like this makes sense. And then like, that was it like game over. Um, so tell me about this wedding though. I need to know, like, did you guys have like in my mind, if I'm doing a Vegas wedding, like Elvis is definitely officiating. I'm wearing like oh, a powder right. blue suit. There needs to yeah. be like some crazy cousin who's definitely like, for some reason brought a stripper to the uh, uh, function. Like, is this what happened? Tell this me how to is, this do this. This all sounds perfect. This is not what happened for us. We um, uh, we ended up we got married at the Venetian, and they have uh, they have like little chapels in like downstairs. They're really beautiful. Like we actually were hoping for it to be <laughs> tackier than it yeah. than it was. Um, and it was uh, we we only had our immediate family. We didn't tell anybody else. We just had our parents and our siblings, and that was it. Um, and we had this suite upstairs and we took everybody's room service, um, uh, orders and they, they knew we were getting married. Um, and they, while we were getting married downstairs, they were setting up everybody's dinner and our cake and all champagne and stuff upstairs. And after we got married downstairs, um, in this really like lovely ceremony, um, uh, we went upstairs, everybody got in their pajamas and we had a pajama party. Stop it. And it was, it, I, it was the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. I borrowed my dress. I sent it back the day after. I mean, like, because for us, it was like, you know, we, we have a lot of pomp and circumstance in our life, you know, for our jobs and stuff. So um, I totally understand people's desire for having their big day and stuff like that. But for us, it was more like, I just, I just want to be your partner. Like I want it to be legal and I want our family to see it. And I just want it to be done. I don't want to call you my boyfriend anymore or my girlfriend or whatever, you know? Um, so it was more about just being married and it ended up being really lovely. Cause we had no, we had no expectations. We had no like massive investments in anything, nothing. If something went wrong, we also were all like, that makes it awesome and memorable and unique and um and yeah it was it was dreamy it was just like a really fun couple of days in Vegas with our family That sounds awesome I need to write down the Venetian uh Venetian. I like the idea of having everyone just choose their own room service order and then then you get it's not you get to choose between the chicken or the salmon you know like you get to choose no, whatever you want Get whatever you want <laughs> yeah. yeah get whatever you want <laughs> um, listen, I'm running out of time with you. I feel like I could talk to you for, for hours on end. What do you think your key to success is? What's like the one thing that you try to hammer home when someone's like, I want to do what you do. How do I go do it? Well, I guess that kind of depends on your definition of success, right? I mean, like, um, 
And mine was longevity. Mine was never like fame or lots of money or, you know, I just, I genuinely just like working and I like doing a lot of different things at the same time. In the beginning, after I graduated from school, it was, uh, you know, Broadway and that's it. Like that's, I didn't really see much else, even though I had these like dreams in my head about doing animation. And it wasn't until I came out to LA and I started thinking about what I really wanted my career to look like and like whose career could I look at and to try to try to emulate the shape of at least. Like I knew I couldn't like have somebody else's career that's like impossible. But like my heroes, like Bernadette Peters, you look at her career and, or anyone in that vicinity, I guess, um, cause you can't say like her and there's nobody like her. They seem to crack the code to longevity and that's doing diversifying and doing as much as you can do in every kind of genre. And, um, and so that's when I started to push myself into television, even though it was like, that's, I kept telling myself, this is not what I do. This is out of my, um, my comfort zone. But then I started to realize that that actually makes me better in other areas. Like, like learning how to perform for a camera actually makes me better on stage too. Like learning all of these different things oddly makes the other stuff better too. Um, and so I, I got super ambitious and I was like, well, yeah, I want to do all of it. I want to record. I want to, I want to do concerts. I want to do voiceover. I want to, I want to do as much as people will let me. And so to me, that's what success is, is, is being able to support myself and my family by doing the stuff that I love. And so far, so good. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell if that continues. <laughs> but but I, I'm very grateful that so far that seems to have been the case. Is there anything that you haven't done in your entertainment career that you would like to try or pursue? I mean, I think I would. I'm. I don't know if I want to host anything. I don't think I. I don't think I want to do that. Take it from me. You I don't, don't want to do it. <laughs> no, I no. don't think I do. I don't. I don't. I think I get too nervous. About like, I don't know. I'm I'm so much better using other people's words and interpreting other people's words instead of like coming up with stuff myself. So I don't know. That seems like a, like maybe something if I really wanted to like push myself yeah. <laughs> in the future. Uh, before I let you go, do you have some time for rapid fire questions? Oh, sure. I'll All try right. not to panic. Okay, yeah. don't panic. And don't worry, if you do, I'll just edit it to make it seem really seamless anyways. <laughs> Okay, great. Very good at that. All right, rapid fire questions. The Wells cast with Megan Hilty. Number one, what's your favorite pizza topping? Uh, pepperoni and olives. Can I have two? Yeah. That's two. Yeah, sure. Okay. Favorite book? Uh, Talking to Strangers, Malcolm Gladwell. Who was your first kiss? Oh, it was a little boy who played Oliver when I, I, I did Oliver when I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I played Bet and I had to kiss him in the play. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Harper? Something? Uh, what's the first concert you went to? I don't remember the first concert, but I remember the first musical. Was it? Uh, it was Jekyll and Hyde and it came through Seattle. What was the first job you ever had? Uh, I worked. No, I was a wedding singer when I was like 13. Stop it. Yeah. Did you have a poster hanging on your bedroom wall? Yes. Who was it? Um, I had. Well, I was in love with Fred Savage. I mean, who is it? 
I mean, I still kind of am. He's really wonderful. He's really, really talented. But like Princess Bride, Fred Savage, or like Wonder Years, oh, yeah. Fred no, Savage? No, when I, oh, well, I mean, aren't they kind of the same thing? There's, I mean, it's probably the Wonder Years. I don't know. It uh, could have been either. But I was, he was my first like big time crush. I was like, oh yeah, Fred Savage is everything. What was your first record cassette or CD? I had uh, those little, um, was it Amy Grant? Those little, do you remember those like pocket rockers? They were, <laughs> which is a terrible name. Yeah. Really terrible name. <laughs> but um, they had these like, uh, they weren't even like cassette tapes. They were like mini cassette tapes. They had a, a really terrible name like that. And it was like, I had an Amy Grant, Debbie Gibson. That's what it was. I had a Debbie Gibson. Pocket rocket. Pocket rocker. Pocket rocker. That's Pocket better. Pocket rocker. Yeah. Of all the options for the EGOT, which one would you like to win the most? Oh, uh, maybe an Oscar. That's I only because that seems so crazy and far away. Like that's, it's <laughs> like that. Yeah. Let's say an Oscar. Okay. Last one. If yeah. you want an Oscar, who'd be the first person you think in your speech? Oh, my mom would want it to be her. I'd, it'd be a toss-up between my mom and my husband. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, boring answers. I love it. Megan Hilty, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Wells cast. You are a delight. Your story is so cool. Everyone out there needs to go watch Trollstopia, NBC, Peacock, and Hulu November 19th. Thank you so much. If people want to follow you, you. Uh, if people want to follow you or like uh, learn more about you, where, where do they go and do that? Megan Hilty is my Twitter handle, my Instagram. I don't do Facebook that much. Same. I like it all. I haven't been on it in years. So yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Megan Hilty. Stay away yeah. from Facebook. It's a lot of crazy aunts and uncles with some weird yeah. political beliefs that it's not yeah, good no, for anybody. I'm not 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 too into that. But the other stuff where I can just say stuff and walk away, that's yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Megan, thank you so much. You've been a delight. Thank you. This is awesome. All right. See ya. Bye. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com this is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. 
Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.